This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. The Philippines is a country with many traditions and a rich culture shared among millions of people living on thousands of islands. And we're shining a light on the nation for Filipino American History Month. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Let's learn a few words in Tagalog one of the most commonly spoken native languages in the Philippines. Kahapon means yesterday. Nayon means today. At means and. And kailanman means forever. Kahapon, nayon, at, kailanman, or yesterday, today, and forever, is the title of an exhibit opening today at the Trickster Cultural Center in Schaumburg. It features photos and art used in the 2001 book Images of America, Filipinos in Chicago. To learn more about the showcase and hear the stories of Filipinos in the Windy City, we spoke with Ruben Salazar and Ashley DeKilia of the Filipino-American Historical Society of Chicago. And I started by asking why the collections are being shown now. Uh, they're being shown now because Australia just passed away last year. Uh, she did have a museum where she has displayed some of this collection uh, in the year two ta- early 2000, unfortunately, uh, it did not last f- very long. It was only open for o- a little over two years because of lack of funding. So most of these collections, in fact, I, I would say almost all of the collection have been moved over to her house. Uh-huh. So we happen to be uh, the caretaker and uh, the one that, uh, she chose to uh, uh, give the responsibility of uh, taking care of her collection. That's a big responsibility. It is. It is a very big responsibility. And Take it us- took us ov- almost a year now to actually uh, sort out and clean out her house. And in the end, we had over 400 boxes. Wow. Uh, uh, her collection plus wow. uh, over a hundred films and uh, several uh, photos yeah. that uh, we have to manage and preserve because That's it's incredible. her wish to share this collection with as many people either uh, in a physical brick and mortar museum or uh, share them online or have them in exhibits. Mm-hmm. So this is now our opportunity to show some of the collection. Right. That's wonderful. 
Ashley, talk us through the mission statement here uh, of this exhibit and how that then uh, sort of informs what visitors will see. The mission statement of this exhibit um, just trails off of the mission statement of the Filipino-American Historical Society of Chicago, which is to preserve a lot of what she and her family had created a foundation for, Mm -hmm. a lot of photographs, newsletters, historical documents, posters. Um, So we preserve them, we're saving them, and now we're sharing them. And I actually did not join on board until after she passed away. I never had the opportunity to meet her. Mm. But it's just been a deep dive into this whole archive and pushing it forward. And we've had a lot of help with our partners, too. Why is this history significant to you? And I want to hear from you both on this. Sure. I actually um, am not technically from Chicago. I wasn't born or raised here, but my father immigrated here with his family. So there is an image of me at my aunt's wedding when I was two years old at the Rizal Cultural Center. So my roots are very much here. The Rizal Cultural Center is the Filipino Community Center. Okay. So this is a part of my history too. Um, that's that's the major significance. Australia also has ties to the Rizal Cultural Center. So what I'm interested in is just like continuing that foundation that she started for my own daughter, who is now being raised here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. Why is this history significant to you, Ruben? Um, it is significant to me. Well, I am uh, a first-generation Filipino-American, born and raised in the Philippines, but now have spent two-thirds of my time of my life here in the U.S., so I am actually a dual citizen, so I owe two citizenship. I'm a Filipino citizen still, but I am also an American citizen. Yeah. It is important to me because this is the part of our history that we were never taught in the Philippines, but even here in America, it's never been taught in schools. If I look at history books in U.S., history, there's very little mention, if ever, of how Filipinos uh, have migrated to the U.S. and become part of the labor force. I'm surprised they don't teach you that in in the Philippines. No, they they never taught it. It's all about Filipino history, right? but not Filipino-American history. So I owe it to Australia, Alamar who actually brought me to the Conference of National Fans Historical Society, who happened to be uh, doing conference every two years. I went to my first uh, conference uh, 12 years ago with Australia. She brought me there. And from then on, I just got involved because I never really knew about how that there are actually Filipinos living in the U.S. since the early 1900s. In fact, 1587 is the first recorded uh, Filipino who actually uh, uh, migrated to the U.S. Really? through the galleon trade in California. Ashley, let's talk about a couple of the, the photos sure. in the collections. So you've brought some for us. I have them here. Wonderful. Um, I took a quick glance a moment ago. I see a scene at a ballroom, a picture of a sports team. 
There's one with a, a couple gentlemen standing on railroad tracks and, and a bowling alley. So let's go through them one okay. by one. Okay. Uh, so starting with the ballroom photo, lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> So this ballroom photo is actually a prominent feature of the Historical Society collection. Um, I actually just took a big box of them with me to bring onto UIC Special Collections. Um, UIC Special Collections is now housing a lot of our photographs, documents, newsletters, and posters, and we're working with Rebecca McFarland, a community archivist who's been really wonderful. But this photo is a lot like the other photos um, in which a lot of the escorts of the Filipino men in this banquet scene are white Caucasian women. And that was just extremely common. And it's a little known fact that um, these white women who married Filipino men, they were the mothers of the the first wave of the second generation of Filipino Americans born here Mm -hmm. in the United States. And a lot of them are actually disowned by their families as well. Wow. Yeah. What can you tell us, Ruben, about this one here with uh, a sports team? It looks like a baseball team? Softball? Yes. I, I believe this is uh, from a baseball team composed not just of Filipinos, but Filipino-Americans. Yeah. I mean, uh, during the early 1900s, it's mostly men who came to the U.S. So, uh, in fact, uh, again, looking at the banquet photos, you don't see very many Filipino women because uh, they were not allowed to come to the U.S. and they were not. So, uh, uh, a lot of Filipino men obviously have to find ways to spend their time uh, after work. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the baseball is the perfect sports for them. I mean, uh, softball, I mean, although basketball is very popular in the Philippines, we just cannot compete with basketball because <laughs> of our height. Oh. So <laughs> baseball is so baseball definitely is. <laughs> perfect for, for our people. Yeah. Well, Ashley, who are these men on the railroad tracks? Um, this is actually an image from her father's collection. When he immigrated here to the United States, he started out in the Pacific Northwest. And these are his comrades with him in this photo. He worked his way across the Pacific Northwest to the Midwest till he finally settled here in Chicago. So her father, Florentino Ravello, was a huge influence on why this collection was even started because Uh. he emphasized the importance of um, documenting and collecting. Yeah, so it looks like the uh, the last photo is also of of Florentino Ravello. This is him at a bowling alley. Ruben? Yes, that's correct. So uh, again, uh, Filipino men uh, need some pastime uh, sports, and this is their form of recreation. And until now, uh, we still have a lot of uh, Filipino Americans uh, joining bowling leagues. So it was back in the early 1900s that uh, they formed the baseball league, uh, not just the Filipinos, but Filipino-Americans, but again, mostly men. But now, I mean, uh, you find uh, every uh, uh, bowling alley has some uh, Filipino-American bowling team, So, which is, again, a sport that we can excel. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, And so uh, you, you mentioned this early on, you know, Australia, she... Not only you know played this this big role, but she she kind of helped keep history alive for a long time. She only 
died about a year ago, right? Um, how does it feel that for the two of you knowing that you're keeping her legacy of preserving history alive? It is a big role for us, but I'm hoping... It's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure as well. But uh, I'm very glad that it is not just me and my generation involved. And in fact, as Ashley has mentioned, she never even met Australia Lamar. We have other volunteers who helped us every week at Australia's house, cleaning up and sorting the collection. And most of them are the younger generation. So it's really for the next generation to learn about the history of their fathers, their mothers, their grandparents, and the people that came before. Even that activity alone of unpacking the boxes, I mean, that's a great education tool in itself, right? Uh, Ashley, I also want to mention you working with UIC and UChicago to further preserve the collection. What should we know about that? Um, It's been really wonderful to see how the afterlife of Australia's legacy has blossomed since coming to this organization. Um, So UIC, as I mentioned, they are now housing the photographs, newsletters, posters, and documents. But University of Chicago, they're taking on um, the the this like mission of digitizing, preserving, and then housing the film collection. We have about two hundred and forty, or over two hundred and forty analog films. Wow. And how long is all that going to take? It'll take years. The digitizing process is so, not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. I'd like to talk about how that even started. Um, We've got about a minute, so if you can give us the short version. Um, So Becca Hall from Chicago Film Society worked with Australia when she was alive in 2019 and helped to project the films and saw how valuable and important they are, and we've been working together ever since. They were triaged, sent to Chicago Film Society, and now they're over at Southside Home Movies Project with Justin Williams. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I wish you the best of luck with that. This Thank is you. great. That again, everything is going to to live on. Real quick before we go, what else should folks know about the exhibit, Ruben? Uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that you're all invited. The exhibit is open uh, to the public, no admission. Uh, although donations are welcome, it's open uh, every Tuesday to Saturday, all month of October, yeah. starting in October seven until October twenty eighth. So Wonderful. everyone is welcome. And besides the Filipino exhibit, you can also see the exhibit of uh, the Native Americans who celebrating yeah. Indigenous Peoples Day. Lots also to see. on October seven. Ruben Salazar is executive director of the Filipino American Historical Society of Chicago, and Ashley Dakilia is a board member for the group, as well as an artist and filmmaker. Thank you both so much. Thank Thank you. you. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced and edited by Micah Yason with help from Dan Tucker. Chicago's filled with rich histories, stories, and cultures. We love sharing. Chicago's filled with rich histories, stories, and cultures, and we love sharing that with you. If you enjoy conversations like this, consider liking and subscribing to our podcast. We drop episodes daily, host a live show, and we bring you the latest news through our newsletter. Have we mentioned you can get that daily? If you haven't already, sign up at wbez.org slash Reset News. That's it for Reset today. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk soon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.